How are you doing this morning? Yeah? Like really good? Yeah? I know it's been a rough week for some of us. Um, Walk-off home runs, check swings, all kinds of craziness this week. Um, uh, Maybe you've leaned into Psalms of Lament um, like I have, but um, um, glad that you're here. I want to throw this question out, and it's a it's like a, a simple question. It's more just an opportunity for you to say hey to the person next to you. If you were to play hide-and-seek or reaching back, remembering back when you used to play hide-and-seek, would you rather hide or would you rather seek? And if you're, if you're an introvert, you just have to say one of those two words. If you're an extrovert, then I want you to say why you would hide or, or why you would seek. Okay, discuss amongst yourselves. All right, what are what are some uh, what are some answers? Maybe we just do this uh, with a, a show of hands. How many of you would rather hide? Bunch of you, okay. And how many of you would rather seek? Okay, we have several people that apparently did not want to play at all. All right, <laughs> that's right. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, I um I think it's a rite of passage as a parent to play hide and seek with your kids, and um, and some of us might have a little bit more trouble hiding than others um, in, in certain spots, but I never had to I never had to really worry about hiding because I don't know how it is with um, if you've ever played with with little kids hide and seek. My kids always wanted to hide. Always. Always. I don't remember them ever saying, Dad, you go hide. It was always, Dad, you go count. And, and I think you can already, you don't have to be a child um, psychologist to kind of get to the why on this one. But it, it wasn't that they wanted to hide as much as they wanted to be found. They wanted to be um, noticed. And if, if you're not believing that, let a kid go hide and then don't go look for him and see what happens, okay? Be ready to pay for therapy uh, for that child for a long time. Um, there, is, there is something in us that longs to be um, sought and noticed. And can we agree that there's a difference between seeing someone and noticing someone, okay? And that kind of has to do with, um, with, with being present. Can we really um, kind of give ourselves to someone and, and be present to them so that we, we notice them. Um, well, I want to talk a, a little bit about uh, presence and noticing and things like that. And if you're hanging out with us for the first time, um, the, uh, the whiteboard that I've destroyed uh, with drilling holes and putting bolts in it, uh, we're using this kind of for a, a timeline. I, and I know several of you are in Dave's class afterwards, which is for me, such a rich way of kind of tying in some of this and learning some new things. I've told him several times that I wish the class was before because it would change probably what I'm saying um, in, in the message part. But we've been using this uh, to talk about the story of God, which um, if you could kind of think of the Bible as uh, representing the story of God. And uh, so we have these different exercise bands to represent different um, characters in the story. Um, the blue one is God the Father, uh, the red one, God the Son, and the green one is uh, God the Holy Spirit. And so 
we talked about to begin with, oh, and the yellow one is us. Um, and so we talked about how in the beginning, which we read about in Genesis 1 and 2, in the beginning was this beautiful garden and this beautiful setting where God was present among his people, where God made his presence known to Adam and Eve. And then we know that due to choices that they made, um, there was this separation. We've been talking about what this ache of separation is like and uh, what it's like to not be in oneness with God, what it's like to have that brokenness with in our relationships with each other and even within ourselves, uh, lacking that wholeness. And so um, we talked about that a few weeks ago. We talked about how um, God is always making a way for us in our separation from him. He is always pursuing us. He, um, he made, um, he made uh, a way for, for us to make our way back to him. We talked about the covenants in the Old Testament um, and then ultimately the new covenant that we have in Christ who came down, um, Emmanuel, God with us. And then last week we talked about um, how it was, it was really startling and difficult for the disciples when they heard Jesus say, I'm going away from you for a while, but I'm not leaving you alone. And that's when he uh, promised them the gift of his presence through the Holy Spirit. And so what we see is life is at its best when we are walking in oneness with God, when we have this, this sense of presence. And so um, it, it maybe has, has been something that you've thought about over the last few weeks as we've, if we, as we've used this illustration. Um, to be separated from God um, can we agree that God is everywhere? Okay, the Bible talks about, um, the psalmist says, um, if I go to the highest heights, if I go to the lowest depths, you are there. Um, we cannot flee from God's presence. Um, Romans 8, uh, Paul makes this amazing promise um, that he's, he describes for us uh, that, that God is saying that he will never leave us or forsake us. So if he is everywhere, what is it like? Then how can we say that we're really separated from God if he's everywhere? So I want us to consider two, two words, um, position and experience. Um, there is a position of oneness with God, but we can also have an experience of oneness. And probably like a marriage example would be a, a good illustration for this. Um, a, a couple can uh, gather and agree on what they are going to, to say, and they express their vows to one another. They fulfill basically the legal requirements of the state, <laughs> and they become a married couple. Um, they have the position, or you could use the word status, of a married couple. But we know that it takes more than just saying vows and signing a license to really experience the fullness of a relationship. I say that kind of joking because it's that obvious, I think. But it's also kind of funny to me how we forget that, um, that we are our role is to continue to, um, to continue to pursue and to continue to notice 
and to, to continue to give our love and to share that love with someone. And so when we're talking about this story of God, yes, God is everywhere, um, but we can experience this oneness with God. And when we are not experiencing that oneness with God, that's that ache that I'm talking about. Now, last week I talked about, for me, um, it was the story of, of Gary, which um, maybe wasn't your favorite one in this little series here, but um, that there was, a, there was um, this time in my life when I did receive the grace gift of salvation. The Bible uses this word salvation. It's um, in Ephesians 2, we are told that salvation is a free gift. And I understood that. I understood that um, what Jesus did on my behalf, offering himself as a sacrifice, he was doing for me what I could not do for myself. But where I really ran into trouble was when I continued to try and live, and I thought, well, um, thank you, God, for your grace, but I'll take it from here. <laughs> it, was, it was, I forgot that not only um, am I saved by grace, but salvation is a lifestyle. It is walking in conscious awareness of God's grace. And so I want us to think through um, a few things. Um, this this inv invitation that we have to walk in oneness and the difference between the positional and experiential presence. Um, my kids loved it when I when they would hide and I would seek them out. Um, but apparently kids outgrow that. Um, <laughs> if we were to fast forward to 2021, um, how many of you are familiar with the Life360 app? It's an app you can put on your phone that uh, you can kind of have a group, or for us, our family each has this on our phones, and it identifies at any time where we are. Okay, And it also gives you things like how fast you're traveling even. So if my son is driving, I can look at this app and I can know how fast he is driving. <laughs> um, if they say they're going to be somewhere by a certain time, it will say, arrived at, you know, and it will give me notifications of where they are, when they are, things like that. As a parent, this is awesome. But apparently kids aren't too thrilled with it. Um, there, there's an aspect I noticed I was just randomly looking at the app the other day and I, I saw I zoomed in and I it showed Callie at a McDonald's and so I just sent her a text hey why don't you order a, a cheeseburger with no ketchup and she replies with dad that's just creepy <laughs> so I, I think there's a there's an element in which can we can we acknowledge sometimes we want to hide Sometimes uh, we find ourselves kind of wanting to pull away. And, and God is still one who is going to, um, he wants to pursue us, and he wants us to experience this lifestyle of, of walking with him. And it is a, uh, this whole timeline is really a timeline of God either being present with his people or stories of him desiring a more experiential presence among his people. And um, if I were to say, sometimes, sometimes I wish that this is, this is it. This is kind of where, okay, great, 
um, thank you, God, for um, your spirit. And so we, we have transitioned from not only Emmanuel, God with us, but we have um, his spirit in us. So it's a very personal oneness. It's a beautiful picture of presence within us. And what I want us to talk about for the next couple of minutes is this, this part right here of the timeline for us. And uh, what does this look like for us to live to live here? And how does God make his presence known? And I'm going to go ahead and write the... This is how God wants to make his presence known. Through the church. Now, reaching back to the verses that, that Suzanne was reading for us, um, the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Um, so this is a pretty big task. And I'm not going to say, hey, what is your personal experience with the church? But my guess is we've had experiences with the church that were less than what appeared to be the fullness of God's presence. Okay? Just going to, on a hunch. All right. Um, it is it is the church's responsibility. This is what we are called to do. We are called to make visible the invisible God. We are called to make manifest God's presence here on this earth. Um, we read uh, in Scripture that uh, when people wanted to know what God the Father looked at looked like, Jesus said, "If you want to know God the Father, then look at me." And now he's kind of taking this a step further. If you want to know what Jesus looks like, look at the church. Now, again, this is a really tall order for us. But we are invited into this way of living where we can be um, a representative, a manifestation of God's presence here on this earth. God is everywhere. Uh, omnipresent is the big, you know, $3 word for that. Um, but sometimes he's really hard to find, isn't he? Sometimes we get in s- certain seasons of our life, it's just like, God, where are you? Where have you been? Um, we know that he's everywhere, but that experience where it, it's it's an ache, Um we, we sense that there is something missing with that. And the church is one of the things that will play a really key role in, in us experiencing that oneness and pointing us to Christ. Oh, that's where God is. I, I dream of, I think this would just be, be so beautiful for us to gather, whether it's on Sundays or just throughout the week, one of the things that I think would be great would be for us to talk about ways that we experience God's presence. Um, you're, I just, I got to tell you where I saw God this week. I want to I share with you how I experienced him this week um, because sometimes it's really helpful to hear somebody's story about what that is like. I, I think I told you about <coughs> this time uh, in my my life, and it was a really key moment for me. Um, learned a lot 
but it was not the way I really wanted to learn a lesson. I stepped up in front of some people at the church that I was pastoring back in Alabama, and um, I had a pretty massive panic attack, and I couldn't get words to come out, um, and nerves got the best of me. I started crying, and um, it was right after a time of worship, and so honestly, everybody at that time thought, wow, Gary was really moved by the worship. (laughs) but I was having a panic attack and just all kinds of thoughts going through my head that were uh, negative and shaming towards myself. And finally, literally, I think it was close to five minutes of me standing there unable to talk, nobody else coming up to speak or do anything else. Um, I finally got these words out. Um, I don't know if this church needs a pastor, but I know that this pastor needs a church. And, and by that, what I was saying was, I need people to show me God, to point to God when I can't see him myself. I'm glad that we get to do this together. Um, because there are days when I am not sure I know where God is. This is why I love church. We get to do this together. It's not all on me to be at my very best every day and to figure everything out on my own. I get to journey with you. I get to journey with the Big C Church. It's not just our church. I got a call from an area uh, from a pastor here in Marin on Thursday. Hey, Gary, how you doing? I just want you to know um, I'm praying for you. How's your wife? How are your kids? We love Bay Marin. Been praying for your church. I love the Big C Church. Almost every Sunday morning, I get a text from Ben Kearns at Marin Covenant. Hey, praying for you. Love you, man. I'm telling you, it's just awesome how God does that, and especially in those times when I'm in a place where I'm not sure I know exactly where God is. And so we we come together, and I know we don't do this perfectly, um, but when we come together, I want us to be the type of people that say, hey, I've, I've experienced God this week. Maybe, maybe it's been a tough week for you. Maybe it, the enemy has done nothing but, <laughs> you know, walk off home runs and check swings and everything. But I'm telling you, I, I want you to know how I got to encounter God this week. And we share that and we're encouraged and we're blessed by that. We experience oneness with each other. When we do that, it reminds me in those moments that my position of oneness with God has not changed. Because I I tend to kind of say, like if someone says, um, how is your relationship with God? My, My initial response wants to be based on how I am doing in my actions. You know, like, oh, you know, I've, I've been consistent at church. I don't know if you've noticed that. I've been pretty consistent <laughs> here <laughs> on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I read, uh, you know, I read my Bible every day. I've been going to this faith community. I kind of think through, okay, yeah, I've, I think my relationship with God is, is pretty good because of what I've done. But really, in actuality, my relationship with God is amazing because of what Christ has done. Now, what I do 
can contribute to the blessings of that experience. But my position in him, the reason Paul can say, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and we can take that to the bank, is because our salvation is by grace, what Christ did for us, and our lifestyle of salvation is by grace because of what God continues to do for us. So when we, when we really open ourselves up, um, we begin to see that God is like the hider in hide-and-seek who desires to be sought and found. And, and I notice this with my kids. Um, if by chance I didn't see them, if by chance I didn't see their toes sticking out from underneath the curtain, okay, as they were hiding between the curtain and the window, um, you know, I'd be like, where, where is Jack? Where is Callie? And then you hear this, <coughs> it's like they, they couldn't contain it. They would give themselves away because they were so excited to be sought. And I think when we take the time to look for God, I, I don't know if it's a giggle or a grunt, but I, I think he will make some kind of noise, so to speak, because he wants to be found. He wants to be noticed. He wants us to experience this connection with him. And sometimes, um, sometimes we hear those sounds through one another. Sometimes we hear God clearing his throat, giggling, whatever, through other people in the church. And it's a reminder to us that he is here. This is a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, back in June, um, way back when we used to meet outside, um, we, uh, we, we spent the month of June with a spiritual practice that was just simply called presence. And it was how can we be present to each other, but beginning first and foremost, how can we be present to God? How can we, be, um, uh, how can we broaden our awareness that God is near us, active at work, around us, and in us. And there's a, a spiritual practice called the examine. And I think of it as, I'm not exactly sure this is where it got its name, but I think of it as examining my day, kind of as a review, kind of rewinding, uh, like I recorded my, my day. It's, it's replaying that day and examining the places where I found God and where I missed God. And I think this is a really healthy exercise for us that, that helps us um, increase our awareness of God in the day-to-day. -day. So it's not just a review, but it also kind of trains us to do a better job of looking for him and recognizing him the next day. Um, it's, it's like the game I Spy. Okay? If I said I spy something red, you might at first go, I don't, I don't know that I see anything red. But then all of a sudden you see a lot of things that are red. You start looking for those things. And so this, this examine is just a way for us to say, okay, God was present all day. Where did I notice him? Where did I miss him? Because those are both going to happen every day. And so I want us to take just a moment and enter into this time of an examine. I'm going to ask you just a couple of basic questions for you to sit there quietly and to reflect. 
if it if it helps you focus, uh, it does for me anyway. If it helps you focus, you might want to close your eyes for this. And um, just kind of settle in where you are. And begin to replay, if you will, the last 24 hours of your life. Reaching back to Saturday morning as you got out of bed. Or Saturday afternoon when you got out of bed if you're a college student. Think about the activities right now. Just kind of make a mental list. In Genesis 1 and 2, um, God himself did this exercise. Um, he got to the end of the day. We put day in quotes. But he got to the end of the day, and he looked over the day, and he said, this is good. So let me ask you, um, over the last 24 hours, what was good? What was it specifically that, that brought you joy? What was it that brought you a sense of peace and rest? Just notice that. Maybe in a prayer of gratitude. God, I may not have noticed it at the time, but now I see that you were present in that. Thank you. Thank you, God, for being present in what was good in my life. And God, in Genesis 2, not only said this is good or sometimes this is very good, but he looked... He looked over what was going on, and at one point he said, this is not good. He noticed something that was not good. And so for you, with those things that you've thought about over the last 24 hours, what has been a part of your life, who has been a part of your life, um, what was distracting? What was disheartening? Was there something that was painful? What would cause you to say about something, this is not good? And this is the prayer I would like for you to, to consider praying. It's a big prayer. I mean, not like a lot of words, big prayer, but pretty heavy stuff. Um, would you invite God to be with you in the midst of that pain? In the midst of whatever it is that's not good? Would you just say, God, I, I need you to be with me in this. Would you let me experience you in this? the way God is it's not just there for the good times this is he wants to walk with you in all things
Father, I thank you that you are a God who's not um, afraid of messes. Um, Jesus, you came to this earth, to this messy earth, to walk with us through things that are not good. You lived a life that helped us better see and identify what is good, the way you showed love to people, the way you sought people out, the way you brought healing, the way you did friendships. All of those were good. Lord, give us eyes to see you. Give us an appetite to look for you all throughout the day. Lord, I, I pray that we as a church, we as a local body of Christ, that Bay Moran would be a group of people who are continually seeking and noticing you. And then very simply saying to the people around us, hey, you, you've got to see what I just saw. You've got to experience this God that's making a difference in my life. Lord, would you give us a hunger to do that? And Lord, I ask your blessings on this special meal that we are about to partake of. Um, the bread and the cup and how they symbolize the presence of Christ in our midst. And may our active participation in communion be something that we experience a deeper oneness with you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Um, this was, this, the table was the place for people to be reminded of and to experience the presence of Christ. It was at a table that Jesus said um, to his closest friends, um, this bread that I am breaking is my body, which is offered for you. This, this cup of wine is, is my blood that is atoning for you. And as often as you do this, remember me. We're calling to mind him, and it's a way for us to draw close. And so I, I like that we're going to be coming from different angles. It's not necessarily just going to be one line that we go through, but as you are ready, um, and if you would like to, to participate, make your way to the table. And I like that it's a picture of <coughs> we're, we're coming to God. We might not all be in the same place right now, but we're coming to him together. And so as you are ready, um, maybe you want to take a moment and just invite God to make himself real to you in this space. Maybe there's just some things that you need to kind of say, God, I, I want to get some things right with you before I take a step in that direction. But when you are ready, um, we will gather around the same table remember the same Christ and be drawn closer to him.